At our church, Jesus is Lord. That single belief calls us together as a community and sends us into our world with hope and purpose. At our church, your past will never define your future. There's always redemption, which means there's always a brighter day. At our church, we don't think we're better than any other church out there. We're just doing our best to become our best. At our church, we want you to believe in God, but we also want you to know that God believes in you. We are not against people who don't attend church anywhere. Instead, we pursue them with love, the very same love that's pursuing us. At our church, we're learning to serve God with all our hearts, and we're learning to worship Him with all our lives. And if you're looking for the perfect church, we're not it. At our church, we will make mistakes, but we will choose to grow from them. At our church, we're part of a global community that's knit together by the resurrection of Jesus. And by the way, at our church, we believe that really happened too. At our church, we will engage with people who are in real need because we are the hands and the feet of Christ. And finally, we need you to hear this loud and clear. At our church, it's not really our church at all. It's His. And we live and move and breathe in His church for His glory and His fame, not ours. So here's the invitation. You're invited to jump in with your whole heart at your own pace and to experience the life that awaits you in Christ. Friends, this is going to be good. Welcome to our church. Well, good morning, everybody. Yeah. 
Why don't you guys go ahead and stand up? We'll go ahead and worship together really quickly. We're going to do uh, some new songs today. So this is the week for you guys to learn it. And then next week, hopefully, you guys will be able to be able to sing it from the top of your lungs. So.
going to come to a time of prayer and you can stand, you can sit. We have altars up here in our church. We always say that kneeling is a good posture to come to talk with God. We have needs among us. There are those of us that are hurting. We have celebrations among us. I'm thankful that we serve a God who is God over all. Um, as we come to a time of prayer, uh, I have a personal request. I'm in a cohort with uh, a group of pastors, and one of uh, my friends texted last night that a, t- uh, a teen student in their church drowned. Um, yeah. Um, I'm thankful that... He's the same God. And we don't always understand why, but we trust. So if you would um, be praying for Elijah. um, Let me back up. They revived him and they are checking to see if there is brain activity and things like that. They have some tough decisions to make over the next few days. Um, So we believe in a God that heals. Many of us can testify to miraculous healings. Amen? If, you, if God has miraculously done something that no one else can do, um, doctors, medicine, anything, and we believe that God heals through that. But there are times when God intervenes in supernatural ways. If, that, if that's you, I rem- raise your hand. So we believe that. I'm looking at some of you with your hands raised, and I know your stories, and... Um, wow. So let's pray for Elijah. God can restore what has been lost. God can heal what is broken. Um, and God can comfort if God chooses not to heal. Amen? So pray for Elijah. Um, let's come. Let's come right now. God, you are good. It's easy to let that phrase rush past us 
and we move on to the next phrase in the song, but you are good. Lord, you are good. Your mercies endure forever. You are our rock. You are our help. You are our strength. You are our healer. You are the God who sees us. You are the God who knows us. You are our provider. You are everything that we need because you are the same God that we read about in the Bible. You are the same God that many of us have experienced your healing hand. You are the same God who has been with us in the celebrations and the same God who has been beside us in our grief. So Jesus, we come to you. We thank you for the work that you did on the cross. We thank you for redeeming humanity. I pray that you will be with us now. May we live lives responding to that grace. May we live lives through the power of the Holy Spirit so that we are on mission for your kingdom, the kingdom of God, which is come. God, I pray for my friend um, right now. I pray for Tracy as he tries to pastor this family. God, I pray for a miracle, and I believe that you can do it because I've seen it. I've seen too many people have things happen to them that only you can explain. Only you can be explained by them. So I pray for that right now. I pray boldly for Elijah that you will restore him, that you will heal him, that parts of his body that have died because of the drowning will come back to life. God, I know that you are able. Jesus, I also pray that you'll be with the family. I pray that you'll give them um, comfort right now and that you will give them a peace that your will will be done. Jesus, as we journey through this season of Lent, we are reminded time and again that our lives often have sorrow. But we come together each Sunday to remember that there is resurrection power. That we pray not to a crucified Jesus, but we pray to a risen Savior. That we trust a Creator God. That we believe that the Holy Spirit was active long before we ever got into this place and is working in hearts and minds right now. So triune God, Father, Son, Spirit, we pray that your will will be done. Amen. Well, we had um, <laughs> sharp turn. My name is Garen, if I haven't met you. Um, I'm uh, the pastor here, and along with um, a couple of other pastors, Tim and Jason and Jen, we, um, we serve this ragamuffin band of y'all, and uh, we serve with you, <laughs> and we are the crazy ones leading the way. And uh, I wanted to take just a moment. Yesterday, we had a great VBS moment and uh, it was it was fun, and I want to show you just a quick video of some of the things that happened yesterday at our one-day VBS. 
morning church I just wanted to say um, thank you for everybody that had a hand in that yesterday it was absolutely magical our lawn was taken care of we had Linda and Troy Robert whoever you want to be today um, and Mark and everybody just helping to make everything go fantastic from the decorations to the snack to the Bible stories um, with Pastor Jen and uh, Pastor Gear and everybody helping out. So it was fantastic. We had about 20 to 25 um, children. We were definitely the hands and feet uh, bridging that gap between our church and our preschool. And it was really fantastic to see. So I just thank everyone who came out and helped yesterday. Okay, real fast. Come on up, Lisa. I forgot to introduce Joy, our children's director. <laughs> It's new, so i sorry. Joy and Susie helped set this up. And if you helped yesterday, will you, will you stand real fast? Look at this. Thank you. Thank you. We had fun. All right. Take it away. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. Yesterday was amazing. The kids were so awesome. I got to be a part of just a short time in the morning, so it was it was wonderful. A uh, few announcements. Uh, Good Friday. Everybody, 7 p.m., but we're going to be at Spruce Creek High School partnering with Thrive Church, um, and then we will be rejoining here on Easter Sunday. Please invite family, friends. It's a great time. Um, we have a lot of people that are C&Es, Christmas and Easter only. That's our, that's our chance to invite them, bring them in, and show them what this is all about. And hopefully they would want to be a part of this. Also, on Easter Sunday, we will be having baptism. If anybody is interested in being baptized, um, learning more about it, wanting to profess your Lord and Savior um, as yours, that is a great time to do it. Just um, get with Pastor Jen or Pastor Garen. They'll walk you through it. Um, but it's going to be a great Sunday. Thanks, everyone. Yay. Okay. It's time to pass the peace. But before we do, i got to show it. I was so excited about it. So Joy asked for pictures from yesterday's VBS, and so I loaded about 20. I airdropped it, and I slipped one in that I was hoping that she wouldn't pay attention and just drop it in the video, and she didn't. But this is what I was hoping would be on the screen at one point. <laughs> I'm so weird. Don't you think that'd be funny to see a bunch of little kids and a bunch of Easter eggs, and then this just pops up for three seconds in the video, <laughs> and then back to the <laughs> Am I the... Am I the only one? All right. See, y'all don't see, 
no, that is not me. <laughs> I'm suddenly liking this joke less. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> See, y'all think I'm serious all the time. I'm never serious. That's the problem. <laughs> no, that, who who said that? Was that you, Christy? All right. All right. No, no Christmas card for them. Remind me. Would you stand with me? Uh, This is one of my favorite parts of our service. Um, This is where we get to extend peace to each other. And um, this is an act of our worship. Because we really do believe that the way that God has called us to live in this kingdom of heaven, which has come, is for us to be in a right relationship with him and for us to be in a right relationship with each other. So we want peace with God, and we want peace with each other, right? And so, um, this is more than just, hey, are you watching March Madness? Although that may come up. This is about, I really hope that everything is right with you and God. I hope that you and God are tracking, and that you are learning and growing and being transformed. And I hope that we're doing it together, because we're called to live in community. So, I'm probably the first one to say it this way to you today, but may the peace of the Lord be with you. Thank you. Will you turn around and greet someone today?
Okay, hey. If I didn't get a chance to talk to you, peace. So, if you're visiting with us, this is kind of a weird Sunday, so um, come back next... Every week is weird, isn't it? They're all different. But, we want to... We want to talk about uh, our church board elections. We had those a few weeks ago, and I want to give you the names of your representatives. These are the people that you said, yeah, um, represent us. Um, Ray, Kimmy, Jim, Lisa, Peter, Debbie, I'm super excited about working with them this year, and we've already got so many things that we're thinking and dreaming about um, <laughs> that, that last year's board knows, and that new, this year's board is going to be like, what? Okay, yeah, but it's going to be awesome. But I want to call them up. Um, you know, we're part of the Church of the Nazarene, and there's this beautiful liturgy um, that we don't do very often, and I was looking for something else, and I saw this, and I was like, oh, this would be really pretty and nice for us to do. So if you are on the board this coming year, will you join me up here? And I want to read through just this worker's covenant that... Basically, this is what we will be working toward. Just in case you need to put a name to a face, this is Peter. This is Lisa. This is Debbie. That's Kimmy. That's Ray. And that's Jim. Wow. All right, y'all. Let me re- I, I haven't even given this to you, but this is kind of what we're signing up for. So I'm hoping if you change your mind, fake it really good until afterwards and we'll talk. I can't just run. Yeah, no, you can't just run. <laughs> yeah. In consideration of the confidence placed in you by the church being selected for the office that you now assume, it's our prayer that we will covenant together to maintain a high standard of Christian living and example in harmony with the ideals and standards of the Church of the Nazarene, to cultivate our personal Christian experience, striving to set aside each day definite time for prayer and Bible reading, to be present regularly at discipleship ministries such as Sunday school or life groups or celebration recovery or another ministry that focuses to continue the transformation process We also commit to be present and participate in Sunday morning services and special services unless providentially hindered to attend faithfully all properly called meetings, that sounds really fancy, of various boards, councils, committees to which we've been called or assigned to read, um, I'm going to skip that one, to improve myself and my skills by participating in continued discipleship and leadership training as they are presented, and to endeavor to lead people to Jesus Christ by manifesting an active interest in the spiritual welfare of others. We will strive to be present and support ministries here at this sacred place and also in our personal commitment in our communities and our neighborhoods, understanding that we are called to be the church on the go. It sounds a little more formal than we like, but basically what we're saying, and even though these are, this is directed to the board, this is kind of 
what we're all signing up for. We're going to live our lives growing. And we're going to listen to the Spirit and move in the direction and find out where is God being active. And we're going to participate in building the kingdom of God here in this place, here, in this place, Port Orange, and in this place, in our communities where we live. That's what we're called to do. That's, that's what, this is what the kingdom of God looks like. Being transformed and calling others into discipleship. So can I pray for you? And if you guys would join with me. God, we believe that these people have been appointed by you at this time, at this place, for the work that you have for us to do in the coming year. God, I pray for divine wisdom. I pray for your spirit to lead and guide and direct us. God, I pray that you will help us. There won't always be um, unanimous agreement, but I pray for unity in spirit and heart. Because at the end of the day, we just want your kingdom to come. We want to be image bearers. We want to be able to show the world what you look like. We want to show them your love. So be with us. Guide us. Direct us. Um, God, I pray for our church as well. These six are appointed to represent, but... We are all called to live this way. And I pray that you will help us as a church to be on mission for you. We pray this, Jesus, in your name, through the power of the Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks, guys. We're going to come to a time of giving, and we are still not back to passing plates and stuff, so I'm just going to give you a couple of ways that you can give. Um, you'll see on the screen that um, you can text, you can give online, you can give in the place back there. You can also give your time. And I'm so thankful for 15 to 16 people yesterday that gave their time for VBS. Your time, your talents, your energies, um, everything we give. We present our lives as living sacrifices, as offerings to God, right? So um, I feel like I've been praying a lot, but let's pray one more time. I feel if I'm going to get condemned for something, being condemned for praying could be, there could be worse things, right? So let's pray. Jesus, our lives are yours. That includes our actions, our attitudes, our talents, our money. It includes where we live. It includes our jobs. It includes our wallets. Everything is yours and falls under your lordship. And so I pray that you will do something in us. That you will create generosity in us that reflects your generosity. That you will create love and patience and other fruit of the Spirit in us that reflects your Spirit. That you will help us through your transforming power to live lives of generosity. We pray this in your name. Amen.
Good morning. So happy to see you. I'm glad that we don't have the wall today because you guys would be right up on top of each other. So it's nice to have some elbow room. Just wanted to let you know before I begin, um, we did print out some new sermon notes cards and there are some on that round table in the back and I think that there are some also on the bench in the back. Um, If you are a note taker or if you would like to start taking notes, um, that's a good practice for us. I was just telling Peter this morning that I still have my Bible from when I was a teenager, and it has um, notes in the margins, and it has uh, notes from, like, pieces of paper that I had ripped off or um, where I had taken notes. And whenever I look back at that, I can remember exactly what was going on. So I do encourage you to um, maybe begin that practice if you don't do that already. We're going to be in the letter to the Colossians this morning. It's a letter that Paul wrote. And so I'm going to begin by reading part of um, this, really it's a poem that he wrote and um, just bringing back some some things all through scripture um, that really tell us who Jesus is that really speak to the supremacy of Jesus as Lord. And so this is Colossians chapter 1, and I'll be reading verses 15 to 23. And I'm mixing it up today, y'all. We're not in the NLT. I'm going to actually be in the NIV. So if that, you can go back and, and read it in whatever version. But in the NIV, this is what it says. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him. All things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church, and he is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight, without blemish and free from accusation if you continue in your faith established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. This is the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven, and of which I, Paul, I, Jen, have become a servant. Let's pray. Spirit, Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on us. Make us, mold us, fill us and use us, and Lord, may these words 
May these words that are written on these pages not hinder the spirit at work in the lives of each of us. I pray that we will be receptive to whatever it is that you have to say to us today. Soften our hearts, open our minds, help us to live with open hands for whatever it is you want to give or take. We trust you. It's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. When our girls turned nine years old, they each uh, got to go on a trip with me. I called it their halftime trip because nine is halfway to 18, although I don't want them to move out when they're 18. So um, it was, uh, this was the rule. They could pick any place within three hours, and then we would go and we would stay overnight. So Henley turned nine when we moved here. And so she and I went to St. Simon's Island, and we rode bikes, and we found great places to eat, and we just had a wonderful time together. When Emma turned nine, we lived in Texas, and so she chose Waco. Now, I was pretty excited about this because at the time, there was a good chance that if you came to our house, there would be a certain TV show on, a certain HGTV show that would be playing in my house. So some of you would know that Waco is the home of a little show called Fixer Upper and Chip and Joanna Gaines. Now this was nearly eight years ago. Um, So if you follow, if you watch the show at all or if you follow them at all, then you know that a lot has happened in the past few years for them. They've bought a whole like chunk of the city. And um, but when we went, it was very different. It was really great. We both loved it. So Emma loved watching this show with me, and we were always captivated by how Joanna Gaines could walk into a rundown, falling apart house and envision new life for it. We loved watching her draw out what the space could be. And then we would be utterly amazed. <laughs> at the transformation that would happen because she was able to stand in the middle of the old and see something beautiful. Now, I've been thinking about that show a lot this week as I've been spending time in this passage, and maybe part of it has to do with, um, I got to sit in a lecture this week, y'all, of a theologian from Yale University named All right, I'm going to butcher this name, Miroslav Volf. I have never felt so smart and dumb at the same time. Um, I was in Nashville, and, and he was there for a lecture series, and what he spoke about was beautiful. The question that he posed was, why did God create the world, and why does it matter to me? And in his lecture, he used a lot of home language. Home. I found that really interesting because after last week's sermon, when we talked about abiding in God's love and how Jesus abided in God's love, or as Eugene Peterson would say, to make ourselves at home in God's love, I was just captivated. He explained that God made the world in order to dwell among us, his creation. 
God fully dwelled in the person of Jesus, and through the work of the Holy Spirit, he dwells in his people. Why? For the purpose of us inviting him to walk the space, to make himself at home in us and through us. And as his followers, we are to allow him not only into our own space, but also help invite others to do the same. So I'd like to spend a little bit of time there this morning. There's one particular part of the passage that I read a moment ago that I think is really important for us this morning. So I want to look at verses 19 and 20 in Colossians chapter 1. And this is what it says. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, Jesus. And through him, Jesus, to reconcile to himself all things. Dwell. That's a funny word. If you say it over and over again, it really starts to sound weird, like it's not really a real word. Dwell. Say it, dwell, dwell, dwell. We don't use it a lot in our language, right? Like, that's not something that we say, so where do you dwell? We don't say that, right? But we understand what it means. It means to live. But not just to live. It's a little bit more than that because it's more specific. It's not I live. Rather, it's I live in this particular place. Now, this is important as we talk about the Spirit of God fully dwelling in Jesus. It's not just this external spirit around Jesus. God's presence isn't only in the world that Jesus inhabits. No, it's clear that all God's fullness or his Spirit had taken up residence in the interior spaces of Jesus. Like Like I said before, we talked last week about how Jesus abided or made himself at home in God's love and invites us to do the same. So it seems like there are two things happening here at the same time. As Jesus made himself at home in God's love with access to everything that God has available to him, God also made himself at home in Jesus. Full access. And this is the same for you and me. Ask me how I know. In Romans 8. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, The power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. He did this so that... the the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us who no longer follow our sinful nature but instead follow the Spirit. Now listen for these clues, okay? 
Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. Underline. So letting your sinful nature control your minds lead, letting the sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws, and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. Hear that? And remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to him at all. And Christ lives within you so that even though your body will die, the Spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. Big one. Get ready. Highlighter. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same Spirit living within you. Did you hear it? The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. The same Spirit. So, What does that mean for you and me? What does it mean that if the same spirit um, is in Jesus that's in me, what, what, what does it mean for it to be at home in us? So let's look back at that, that part of Colossians. For God was pleased to have his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things. So you're probably asking, If, because the Spirit of God was fully dwelling in Jesus, God would work through him to bring about this thing called reconciliation. What does it mean if the same Spirit is fully dwelling in us? Wouldn't that mean that we share the same mission? Why, yes. Yes, it does. Hear this from 2 Corinthians 5. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, and a new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. Those aren't my words. So, time out. Reconciliation. I mean, we know. We know what that word means. We hear it. But sometimes in the middle of Bible passages, uh, when we hear a word like that, um, probably ought to, like, put our antenna up a little bit because we need to take a second and really understand what that means. 
In this context, reconcile or reconciliation is about bringing all things into their original state of harmony. Isn't that beautiful? Original state of harmony. Or bringing them back into right relationship. Because this is what happens when the spirit is fully at home in someone. It affects everything around them. Their relationships change. Not just the one-on-one relationships or the micro-relationships, but relationships in the big macro sense. We begin to see people differently. We begin to have a heart for everyone so that they can also experience this kind of peace and harmony. Can I tell you something, though? I really think that we really like the idea of full access to God and abiding in his love. But maybe not so much the idea of him having full access to us. Although, we'll say, if we are fully abiding in God's love, we won't have any problem with him having full access to us. Okay. Back to Fixer Upper. I always wonder what's going on in the minds of the clients who sign on as they walk through the house for the first time. I wonder if they're simply nodding their heads like they can really see the vision that she has for the home. Or if they can start to imagine it. Regardless, Joanna Gaines has full access to their home. She can have Chip rip out walls and rearrange how the house flows. She can move the kitchen to where the living room once was and take out a closet to make room for a closet tub. That's her job. And it makes me wonder... If I have fully invited the Spirit of God to take up residence in the home of my soul, to do whatever needs to be done. I wonder which rooms need renovating. How would God's Spirit like to work in maybe the dining room of my life? Who do I need to include At my table. Perhaps it's someone specific, a neighbor, or um, maybe even someone that I've been struggling with. Maybe I need to open my heart to be hospitable to people or groups that I disagree with. Or, hang with me. How would God's Spirit like to work 
in the bathroom of my life. Maybe not the way you think. The way I see myself in the mirror or the imperfections I try to cover up to present myself better. How can my outlook be different if my in-look reflected how God views me with love and grace? Or how would God's Spirit like to work in the bedroom of my life? How I lack rest, how I refuse Sabbath, and I think that I am better at controlling my life than he is. Perhaps, perhaps God's Spirit would like to spend some time in the living room of my life. Maybe the Spirit would like to work on what is playing on my TV or playing on my radio most of the day. The voices that have become our soundtrack that we begin to play back. If the Spirit has full access to our lives, friends, it includes all of that, too. I imagine that the Spirit would like to take some time working on that closet that's messy, the one that no one ever sees, the one that they shove everything into when company comes over. We all have them, by the way. This is the clutter of life. It's the pain that we would like to hide away, and maybe even we don't want to look at it. It's the stuff we don't want to talk about to other people. It's the stuff that we want to put behind a closed door. Friends, if we are in Christ, if we are abiding in God's love, yes, we become new. Oh, and how wonderful it is to experience God's love and live in a way where we can feel at home in God's love. He is the food we need. He's the rest we need. He is the living water that we need. But don't miss this. When we find ourselves at home in God's love, something should begin to happen within us. You simply can't abide in God's love without beginning to long for a deeper relationship. Now, in our tradition, we believe that there is more to experience of God after coming into a saving and abiding relationship with him. And we call this sanctification. One of those big church words. But it's an experience where we surrender the whole of our hearts and lives to have the Spirit of God fully at home in us. It's when we open ourselves up and say, God, tear down walls. Rearrange the flow. Demo this thing if you gotta. Do whatever you want with me. And this is a continual thing. One of the, the things that when you're in the church for a long, long time, 
it's very easy to say, yeah, I did that. I let, I let the Spirit into my life. But maybe some of us have stopped letting the Spirit move freely and fully in us. I see it. I see it in, in, in how, as we've walked with Jesus for a long time, we just take it for granted and we stop letting those little nudges affect us. It's like we get numb a little bit to the work of the Spirit in our lives because we just assume that all is well, right? And what happens is people who have walked with Jesus for a long time, their relationships start to suffer. And they begin to not represent Jesus so well. Maybe it's the soundtrack that they've been listening to more than letting the Spirit work within them. The invitation for the Spirit to be fully at home in you is a new start in so many ways. There's a deeper peace and freedom knowing that you have surrendered that control to the true expert of your life. But just know, giving the Spirit freedom in your life will come with some conviction and maybe even giving up some things that you don't really want to give up been there still am but this is the same spirit y'all this is the same spirit that raised jesus from the dead you're not doing the work the spirit is you just have to unlock the door step back. I've asked Garen to come and um, sing a song, and it's one that many of you will be familiar with, Um, and you're welcome to sing. Um, I don't know if we'll have the words up or not, but, or I invite you to pray. During this time, I hope that you will ask God to search your heart and life. I hope that you will invite his spirit into the different rooms of your life and allow him to rearrange things. If you're like me, you can mentally picture walking into a home. This is your time to respond to God's love by trusting him completely in every crevice, every cabinet, in the office, in the attic, in the kitchen. Maybe you've already let him do some work. There's that one area, that one space that you've kept locked away.
Friends, will you let him in? Will you let him do some demo even? I promise. I promise that he knows what he's doing and he will create something more beautiful with your life than you could have ever imagined. If you're able, will you stand? And let's pray together. Our altars are open. Having that posture of surrender is not just um, something that we do. It locks something in our brain. There is something that happens when we physically move. And we remember later on when things get tough. We remember that movement. We remember that act of surrender. And it's in those moments that God continues to encourage and change us, even after today. And so as we pray... I invite you, take a step, make a movement, and trust him completely with your life. Lord Jesus, I confess that even as I've been preaching this morning that you have tugged at my heart a little bit about things that I need to open up to you to let you change and renovate inside me. And God, I confess that a lot of times I like to keep those things closed off. In fact, God, I'd rather not even know. Lord, I would rather that um, we just not really talk about it. But Lord, I am reminded that if I am not consistently and constantly laying myself at your feet, surrendering my life to you, then I am not pursuing holiness. If there are things that I would rather do or watch or keep, if there are people that I would rather keep out if there are others who I look my uh, look down my nose at or shrug my shoulders at or roll my eyes at, I am not pursuing holiness. Lord, if my life does not exhibit the fruit of the spirit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. Lord, I'm not allowing your spirit 
to have full access to my life. And so, here we are. Imperfections and all, messy closets and all. We give you all of it. We give you the junk drawers. We give you our work. We give you how we talk to our neighbors, whether across the street or around the world. We give these things to you, God, because we know that you are the true expert for how our lives should, should work. Help us, God, to continually surrender to the work that you would do in us. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Spirit of the living God, Spirit of
when you come in the room, when you do what only you can do, it changes us, it changes what we see and what we see. can have a seat. As we come to the table this morning, it is a table of gratitude. It's a table of celebration. It's a table of forgiveness and reconciliation, right relationship with God and each other. And it's God's table And so we are invited to come and sit with him. Can you imagine? And so in these moments, oh, how I hope that you are overwhelmed with God's love for you, of his welcome to you, his open doors to you, and at the same time, I hope that you have opened up the whole of yourself to him to move freely in and through you. One of the, one of the things, the, the pictures that I, that I have in my mind whenever I come to the table is that I like to imagine that as I eat the bread and as I drink the juice, that it actually, it's nutrients for my body, and it goes into every blood cell. That then it's pumping all the way to the tips of my toes and the tips of my fingers, top of my head. Everything is affected by it, right? And so as we come this morning That is my prayer for you, that God will so overwhelm you with his love and that he will infuse within you his very presence because that's what he's promised. On the night that our Lord would be betrayed, he was with his friends gathered around a table and it was a common meal for them. It wasn't anything spectacular. It was what was normally on a table for them, bread and wine. And Jesus lifted up the bread, and what he normally would have said for the Passover meal, it was different this time because things were about to change. He said, this bread... It represents my body 
which will be broken for you. Take it and eat it. And when you do, remember me. And in the same way, he lifted up the cup. said, this represents my blood, which will be shed for you for your forgiveness. Take it and drink all of it and be thankful. As we come, we will make our way to this aisle here and then kind of go back to your seat um, this direction. But this is an open table for anyone who is hungry for Jesus. This is an open table for anyone who says, I want that in my life. He welcomes you. He welcomes you to his table. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, thank you for the work that you, that you did on the cross so that we could have forgiveness and walk in this kind of relationship with you. Keep changing us. Keep moving us. We trust you. Amen. Jesus, you are so wonderful. So wonderful in all your ways. Yours alone, cause you are so wonderful. So wonderful you are. Jesus, you are so beautiful. So beautiful that you outshine the brightest star. There's no
It's so good to see you. I pray that this week is life-giving for you and that you dwell in the Spirit and allow the Spirit to dwell and take up residence in you. If you're visiting with us, we sing our benediction, so you probably won't know it, but if you do, sing along, and if not, just receive this. Sing with me. We sing hallelujah, let your kingdom come in our hearts, in our homes. Let your will be done as we go in your name. We shout and we proclaim, let your will be done in us. Have a great week and we'll see you next Sunday.